let's try this again. I think I just pulled a James White. Uh, I, I, I did record the whole... It was worse than James White. I recorded the whole episode that I just did, uh, reviewing Russell Moore's video on immigration for the first time. And then I realized my microphone somehow was not reading through the program. And so I'm not going to make the same mistake again. Uh, for those out there who are watching, uh, can you hear me? I'm going to see if uh, I can get a, a read on this before I give all my thoughts. Well, I mean, now it's not as fun, right? Because I've already watched the video and given a critique of it. And now it's just going to be, I mean, I'm just going to do it over again. It's a short video. Uh, and, you know, it's worth going over. But uh, part of the fun was getting my reaction uh, for the first time ever seeing this video. So uh, I guess that's gone. But um, yeah, it's it's saying that uh, that y'all can hear me. So I'm just going to go with that and uh, see how it goes. Um, all right. So uh, yeah, that's my Facebook. That's not the video. The video is Russell Moore's latest. He's got a new YouTube channel and he's cranking out different things. You know, the first video he did on aliens was on space aliens. Now he's doing one on illegal aliens, so immigration. And um, and now I've watched it, so I probably will have more intelligent things to say about it. But uh, <clears throat> I'm going to point out some of the things that I did before, and I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about what my reaction was when I first saw you know, a, a certain clip. But uh, here we go. So smooth music, right? Some melodrama. I have a friend who's a pastor who came to this country as a little boy from Iran, and it was right at the time that the Iranian hostage crisis was uh, taking place. And he told yeah, this is better the second time. I don't know why it's funnier to me. For some reason, <laughs> I don't know why. I wasn't laughing really the first time, but now, <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's very serious. It's, it, 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 you know, he's starting out. This is, it is not bad to do necessarily, but he's starting out getting, you know, putting his, his emotional foot forward and kind of engaging us on that level instead of on an intellectual level, which is not a bad thing. Again, it's not a bad thing. Uh, but sometimes you can, you know, it's possible to uh, not consider things that we would normally consider logically when we are being um, engaged emotionally. So I just want to point that out. And he's giving a personal story. He talked about how he was he was mocked and ridiculed okay, that's and, not and funny, really treated right? harshly uh, by the kids in his community until thankfully there was a teacher who respected him, loved him, gave him a Bible, shared the gospel with him. He became a Christian. He's a pastor today. But he's constantly thinking about what other uh, children are going through that, that sort of uh, mockery and, and marginalization in their own communities. That's really an important question uh, for uh, those of us who are Christians. And we're Okay, why is this an important question? Is this an important question because bullying and mockery are wrong? And we should be against that, which of course we should be, you know, and you put me in a room with a bunch of uh, ACLU attorneys, I'm going to be mocked and ridiculed. I mean, I have been mocked and ridiculed many times by those who don't believe, believe my political beliefs or my religious beliefs because I'm a Christian. I mean, this is just what people in a vast, you know, well, it doesn't even have to be a vast um multicultural diverse country but you know even in countries that are not that diverse mockery happens uh, kids do this on the playground they'll just pick out any little thing that makes you different and they'll go to town on it so of course that's something that um that we should be against now why is this story though the first part of this video on immigration why is it why tell the story well he's gonna take this story and he's gonna kind of generalize it and say hey this story of this this immigrant person who was um mocked. This is what's happening throughout this entire country. 
when we're living in a time when anti-immigrant uh, sentiment is really hot uh, all over the world, sometimes in really mild forms and sometimes in really, really uh, dangerous uh, sorts of, of arguments. What does that mean? Dangerous sorts of arguments all over the world. Every country is having, is making fun of immigrants just like his friend was made fun of. You know, what does this mean exactly? Because it's super vague. And, and that's one of the things I'm going to be keep coming back to in this video. Is, and it, it seems like a lot of things that come out of the ERLC, Gospel Coalition, I'm left wondering, what do you mean? There's things I agreed with. There's things I didn't know what it meant. And, but at the end of the day, I'm like, I didn't really learn much from that. It just kind of left me with an emotion. But I, 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 I don't know what you mean. So there, there's a dangerous sentiment that's, what is this dangerous anti-immigrant sentiment that's somehow connected with the story of your friend who was mocked? I, that's, he doesn't really ever explain this. Um, of course, in, I think in the, the heads of conservatives and liberals, both probably in this country, we're, we're thinking Donald Trump, we're thinking Republican Party. I mean, you know, it's common knowledge, right? The Democratic Party is the pro-immigrant party. The Republican, I mean, in pop culture, I'm not saying this is true. Uh, so, so like, he's not giving any definition to this, and I think it's going to hurt his video going forward. And when we, when we think about uh, the immigration system uh, as it is in the United States and in some other countries around the world, there's almost no one who would say the system as it is is working well. We, we actually have a, a good degree of consensus that the system the way it is doesn't work, and we have more... Con okay, so we have consensus... But he just talked about this horrible problem that is just wreaking havoc in the world, this anti-immigrant sentiment. So there's consensus, but there's this horrible problem. Like, which one is it? Which, so, so where is this located? If, if it's all these countries in the world, it must be in the United States. Who in the United States uh, is making fun of your friend and others like him? Who has this anti-immigrant sentiment if there's consensus that, th that this is a problem and we need to do something about it? Census, I think, than we think about what we need to do to go forward. So there are a couple things that Christians should think about uh, as it relates to immigration. Uh, first thing is that borders are, are biblical. Uh, Romans 13 uh, gives the, the state okay. the responsibility. So, so for those who don't know, I, I, I said this at the beginning kind of, but I recorded this whole video and I was hearing Russell Moore for the first time talk about these things and I was giving my reaction. And when he said this, I stopped the video and I just said, I, I need to take a moment really quick. I just need to, in fact, let's just play that again for all the glory that that statement was. Borders, well, here we go, I'll back up a little bit. Borders are biblical. should think about uh, as it relates to immigration. Uh, first thing is that borders are, are biblical. I mean, I could just put that on loop. I mean, I, I would just want the whole video, all eight minutes to just be that loop. But I love the fact that Russell Moore just said this anyway. Uh, gives the, the state the responsibility to commend that which is good and to punish those who are evildoers. Real quick, he uses Romans 13 a lot. He does not go to Old Testament passages uh, that actually directly are related to, like, like he doesn't go to Numbers 15 uh, that talk about the alien, the sojourner, and assimilation. He doesn't go to, you know, like Nehemiah rebuilding the wall or the, you know, there's a lot of verses about walls and sojourners and stuff. He doesn't really go to those verses. He really stays in Romans 13, which is not directly about that. It's about government protecting its people. 
Uh, so it, it's it, it has a relationship to this issue, but it's just it's interesting to me. He doesn't go to the verses that would directly apply, and I'm wondering why. And so uh, I wouldn't uh, categorize uh, every uh, undocumented uh, immigrant as an evildoer, but it is. Let's think about this one minute. Every undocumented. He uses his, his phrasing is key here. He undocumented worker, not illegal migrant, undocumented worker, and he wouldn't categorize them as an evildoer. Though they are breaking the law of a sovereign country, so they are breaking. Uh, he referenced Romans thirteen. The government has this responsibility, and of course, we're supposed to submit to government on this. And there's nothing anti-biblical. He even says that about having borders, and yet someone who breaks that law—they're not an evildoer. I mean, you know, maybe they're not murdering someone. Maybe what their violation isn't as bad as it could be. But why aren't they an evildoer? Was, is breaking that law not evil? Is trespassing, like if someone were to come on my land and break into my house and they're like, oh, I just need to find food for my family. Like I, I and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, you know, that, that's horrible that, that your family needs food. Like, but if they broke into my house, <laughs> they're an evildoer, right? That's my property. So th this is, this is sneaky. For the government to be able to distinguish between citizens and guests and between guests and criminals and a government is not able to do that if there's not a coherent uh, border system very true and it's called vetting so we the government needs to vet those who come into this country i mean russell moore is already vetting in his mind those who come into this country as undocumented workers they're not evildoers he's already vetted them but now he's saying, well, the government needs to actually, he need, they need to vet. Um, so, so again, it, it's vague, it's murky. Like, what do you mean by this? That has to be done with justice. So you don't... I should clarify something here because I, I, I'm, <laughs> someone could attack me for this. Um, I, I fully recognize that not everyone who breaks the law by crossing the border is a murderer, sex trafficker, you know, drug trafficker. Um, a lot of that stuff is happening, and that is a concern, obviously. Um, I just want to make sure that people know that I don't think that every person who crosses the border, that's what they're doing. I think the vast majority probably aren't doing that. Um, and, and maybe that's what Russell Moore is getting at. The point is, though, it, it, like they, when he's saying the government has to vet, the government has to have a wall. But the, the point is, though, he's not mentioning this. He's being vague about it. So it like, leaves me wondering, and people watching the video, they don't really know what he's talking about either. Treat, uh, for instance, asylum seekers who are coming to the border as though they were criminals. Uh, you, you follow a just and, and humane process. But those borders... Okay, you don't treat asylum seekers as though they were criminals. An asylum seeker... Um, coming to the border is a very controversial issue because, and this is why it's a controversial issue, because it is hard to distinguish without vetting who an actual asylum seeker is. And that's been the whole point. Um, I think it what was it 60% of women who uh, were on that, that train, I think it was last year coming towards from South America, coming uh, towards the Mexican border, according to Doctors Without Borders, uh, were raped. Uh, according to, to some survey that they did. Um, uh, so one in three women sexually abused uh, in, in some way. I don't know how they got one in three women sexually abused and 60% raped, but um, I know that you know, this has been a, a big issue with just even trying to figure out, you, you say you have a family, are these really your children? Which is why they had to uh, create separate detention facilities to sort this issue out.
because there are just a lot of sex trafficking going on and other things. So, um, so, so all that to say, when you say, okay, asylum seekers, yeah, yeah, we agree. Okay. Asylum seekers, we should, we should look into that. We should make sure that, um, those who are, uh, truly, uh, escaping persecution, like religious persecution, uh, you know, there, there should be some process in place. I'm not going to disagree with this, but the, the controversy is over, how to vet these kind of people and should they be vetted or should we just accept at face value, which is what the left, when I say the left, I mean MSNBC, CNN, I mean, they just accept outright that that whole immigrant train coming from South America was just full of asylum seekers and that's all it was. Russell Moore does not give us enough information in this video to let us know where he stands on this, so I don't know. But, um, but, but that's the controversy. So you can say that and have both sides agree with you, but we're thinking different things themselves biblical. Uh, sometimes people will say, well, Romans 13 uh, talks about obedience to the law. And so that means that we need to just respond as harshly as possible to everyone who has broken the law. Well, who says that? I, I don't know of anyone who's as harshly as possible to those who have broken the law. Now, Russell Moore has already said, hey, they're not evildoers if they break the law. He said that in this video. And he's already said, yeah, if they're an asylum seeker, we should, we should behave justly. So he's, he's arguing against something. I want you to pick this up. This is very important. He's arguing against something. The, the folks that would um, make fun of his friend, who's an immigrant, those who would think that those who crossing the border are evildoers, uh, those who um, have a problem with uh, asylum seekers coming here and, and an unjust immigration system, uh, he's, he's building this, he's using these words, these these concepts, and then he's knocking them down. It's like a straw man. He's saying these things are wrong. And now he adds another one to, to this idea. And he says, yeah, those who uh, would try to punish as harshly as possible, who is that? Who's trying to punish those who cross the border illegally as harshly as possible? Like, let's kill them. Let's, you know, bomb their country. Like, uh, I, I don't know of anyone. I mean, the harshest measure I can think of is people on the conservative side, some of them want them deported. And most of them don't even want that. But unless they're criminals, but, um, but that's not a uh, harsh as can possibly be imagined. So Russell Moore is creating a straw man. Well, Romans 13 does teach uh, obedience to the law, but Romans 13 is a more complicated scenario applied to this situation precisely because the government in our system has an incoherent policy saying really two things at, at once. You have a government that has a border but you also have a government that has, a, has an economy with a need for a workforce that is often undocumented. Now, that's not good. That's not good for the reasons that we mentioned before about maintaining that distinction between citizens and guests. It's also not good for the workers themselves and their families. Often, those workers will be exploited by employers who not only hold over them the right ability to hire or fire them, but the ability to have them deported as well. And so for a long time, the government has had sort of a wink, wink, nod, nod uh, kind of true. approach to uh, illegal immigration. My uh, predecessor, uh, a man by the name of Richard Land, uh, often would say that there are two signs at the southern border. Uh, one is help wanted and the other is keep out. That I'm stopping it there. So I'm originally from Southern California, lots of family there. I've worked there uh, in, uh, as a contractor, helping a contractor when I was uh, in my early 20s going to seminary. So yeah, I'm familiar with the issues in Los Angeles, which is where I was. I mean, one of the biggest sanctuary cities, if not the biggest sanctuary city in the country. There is not a sign on the Southern border that says, 
I, I kind of understand what he's saying, but there's no sign that's contradictory saying, keep out and come here. Um, what he seems to be suggesting is there's a contradiction, diametrically opposed messages that are being given to illegal immigrants and it's causing confusion in them. No, no, no. It's keep out. That's what the the laws say. That's what the government of our country has set up. Keep out. This is the this is our country. This is the border. Now, um, obviously, there's an incentive. I've seen it firsthand uh, in Southern California, in the border states, especially, but all over, for businesses to get cheap labor. And this is one of the concerns some people on the conservative side have. You know, they don't like wage depreciation. They're concerned with uh, the tax uh, burden. Because uh, we, you know, we're already in debt, and and this just adds to it. Um, they're concerned about crime, uh, sex trafficking, drugs. Some have even environmental concerns. I mean, there's all these concerns with uh, this unvetted, just letting one anyone in who who can cross the border because there's no wall there. And um, and so yeah, some businesses take advantage of this, and they'll have someone who's not in this country legally work for them. They can pay them less. Uh, I, I'm not going to get into to this uh, for too long, but I, I, another uh, friend of mine who's actually a professor, he uh, worked in Southern California for a while, and he said, I, I think the history textbooks are going to look back and say this was a form of slavery, the way that, that this whole system works with uh, migrants coming up and working for low wages in, in sometimes not the greatest conditions. Sometimes they go back uh, and, and take the money back to Mexico. But you know, however this is looked upon in the future, one thing is clear, you have business owners who are not obeying the laws of the land, right? So the business owners are equally guilty of, I'm going to say it, evil doing. That's wrong. You shouldn't do that. You should obey the laws, especially if they are laws that are consistent with biblical principles, or at least they are not in contradiction to biblical principles, all right? So, um, so, so Russell Moore is making, I, I think, a little bit of a false dichotomy here, saying that there's this mixed message. It's not a mixed message. The government is sending one message. What There are some criminals, evildoers, people that sometimes I understand why they do it. Like, I, I'm sympathetic. I, I get it. I, I, but, but it still doesn't make it right. And, and that's not a message at the border. That's just an, an economic incentive. And conservatives and liberals alike have tried to come up with well, conservatives, I know at least, have tried to come up with solutions for this. Uh, so anyway, yeah, there, there, there is no, there's not like two signs. It, it's clearly wrong to cross the border illegally. I, I'm sorry. An incoherent message uh, that's being communicated. So the system itself has to be fixed. So what do we do? Well, some of it's easy. Getting more resources uh, to the border and keeping it secure. Getting criminals out. Uh, people who are doing bad things in the country, penalties for businesses that are uh, violating the law and exploiting good, right? uh, workers. But then we have other questions. What about people? Okay, we're going to stop there. I think that was his like pitch to conservatives. Because Russell Moore, a lot of Gospel Coalition guys too, they try to kind of take this third way, middle ground approach that say things that we like to hear say things that those on the left more like to hear. So we're all kind of left wondering at the end, I don't know what you say, but I felt good about some of the <laughs> language that you used. And so Russell Moore here, um, I think is doing that a little bit. He just threw out some some red meat to conservatives. Like, yeah, yeah, we should we should get cracked down on these businesses that are doing these things. Uh, that's a good thing. Um, but again, why would it surprise us if someone who has already broken the law in one instance continues to break the law when they're in this country? He, he makes a distinguishment here between those who break the law, uh, 
in a in, in crossing the border and then those who break the law in other ways and you know i realize some crimes are worse than others there's violent crime there's there's criminal offenses which are much worse than crossing a border but that is an offense so, okay so so here's i think what we're gonna we're gonna find some liberal language here probably some red meat uh, for the left in a better life for themselves otherwise are law-abiding and existing uh, in this country they want to make things right but they just don't know how what do we do with uh, children who were brought here they, they don't know how um, I understand that you want to live in this country I, I would want to, everyone wants to come into this country because it's a great country that's why we should keep it <laughs> great with uh, the systems of the free market system and um, you know the, the foundation that we have been going off of for the last over 200 years now. But um, uh, the making it right for a Christian means what? It means leaving, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, there are situations that, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I don't want to comment on approaches to this, uh, solutions to this that try to um, create a, a system by which those who have been here for a certain amount of time can gain citizenship. That would be great. Uh, but but here's the, the the problem with all of this is um, th- they cross the border in the first place and if they are Christians and if we are Christians our responsibility is to encourage them to be in conformity with the present laws so we can work for reform but in the meantime this is what the law says I'll be willing to help you and I'll even give you some money I'll give you a ride but you need to go back uh, to uh, w- uh, you, you need to, to go to the country that you came from you, you can't be violating, living in violation of the laws of the state. Russell Moore, I don't think, believes this. Uh, by their parents, sometimes when, when they were too little to even remember uh, what was going on, much less uh, to be able to, to have a part in it. What do we do with all of those sorts of situations? Now, Christians can disagree on what the specifics uh, ought to look like. In- yeah, we, we can disagree, but we, we do need to agree that the laws of the land, as they currently are, should be followed, even if it's only voluntarily because they won't be enforced, right? Isn't that what Christians should rally around? I don't think that's what Russell Moore's saying. I think he's saying that, hey, we can disagree on whether they should stay here or leave, or like, like, like he's, he's saying that, that the solution, it's not just solutions to this problem, but as the, the current situation stands right now, uh, Christians should be able to disagree on um, how to treat those who are here who have violated the law the, 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 in crossing the border but haven't violated other laws since being here. Serious violations of criminal laws, we'll say. In terms of what the, the policies ought to be, what we can't disagree about are immigrants themselves. And so when you, when you hear the kind of language that is sometimes used about immigrant communities, those people parasites taking our resources, anchor babies, uh, these sorts of dehumanizing slurs. Okay, okay, so so this is where I started losing it a little bit when I first watched this. I was like, wait a minute, who's he talking to? Like, what happened? Like, you know, we had some disagreements, but in general, hey, you had some good solutions and we should crack down on businesses and borders are good. And now like, whoa, like what, what is this? So I, I, again, um, I had mentioned before, Russell Moore keeps kind of shadow boxing at this straw man that he's setting up. And this is, I think, like the, the, the biggest plank he puts in that straw man. It's the biggest, you know, clump of straw that he has to, to, to mold this <laughs> creature that we're all supposed to hate. So, so those who say, 
so say dehumanizing things about illegal immigrants. Now, who is he talking about here, right? He's taking this middle kind of, we can all agree, there's consensus, hey, we can disagree on this, and then boom, villains again. And you know, the villains, uh, I'm gonna play this for you again, th this, you this phrase. You hear the kind of language that is sometimes- Here's the kind of language. Used about immigrant communities, those people. Okay, those people. I mean, I guess if you say it with a tone, dehumanizing I, I maybe but it, this is a stretch and i like look i've been in conservative organizations i am conservative conservative friends i've never heard anyone you know those people coming in here like i i don't know and it to, to, to it, it, it's just it, it's um it, it it's upsetting because you feel if you're conservative and you believe that illegal migration is wrong and that i'm gonna say it those people and those people who are not citizens, I mean, it's just all, all that phrase, it's an innocent phrase, really. It should just mean those who are not of us. It's a distinguishing term. <laughs> so making this distinguishment, there are those, there are those in the borders of the United States and those outside of the border of the United States who are not citizens. Those outside the borders of the United States, those people should not come in. Now, I'm dehumanizing them if I say that. That's how I feel. And, that it, and then he, Parasites. He, he ups the ante parasites i've never heard this i've never heard this once parasites now maybe someone's used that i don't know maybe you know trump said a lot of things he's tweeted a lot of things that i i don't know all the things he said maybe he said parasites at one time to describe uh like i said one of the issues some people have with legal immigration which is the tax base um issue um uh <laughs> i'm seeing the comments here um Hello, I'm Russell Moore, where everything is subjective and laws don't matter. He's confusing categories. Yeah, uh, th that seems to be what's going on. Uh, Danny and can I say Yurter? Is that the name? I don't know. Uh, I, I think you're spot on there. Um, but I, I've never heard someone use this kind of language, this inflammatory language. Uh, but yeah, the tax base is, is an issue that some conservatives have. We, we can't uh, pay for this. It's just too much. You have um, immigrants coming into this country. And some of them uh, are not paying in taxes what they're receiving in services. And so uh, there's a concern there because we're already in debt as a people. And, and that is a concern. Now, if someone used the word parasite, I can kind of understand like this is a parasitic kind of thing. But yeah, I wouldn't use it. It's not in. But, but why am I even talking about it? Why am I even like trying to like almost figure out why someone would say that when I had never heard anyone say this? Russell Moore, apparently, in his world, he hears this kind of thing a lot. So, um, taking our resources, anchor babies, uh, these sorts of, of dehumanizing slurs. That's not about policy. Uh, that's about something at the level of morality. We as Christians are followers of Jesus Christ, who was, of course, a refugee from Herod, Okay. Uh, someone who All had right. to. Jesus was a refugee. This was on all the liberal church signs uh, last year. It's like every Christmas now they're going to put up their Jesus was a refugee thing. Jesus was not a refugee. Now think about the category confusion that's going on here. Illegal migrants crossing the border, disobeying the laws of the country that has been set up, which Russell, Russell Moore says are biblical, right? Romans 13, government can do this. They disobey that. When did Jesus ever do this? He went from one, his family went from one part of the Roman Empire to another part of the Roman Empire. 
And if you want to go back, which Russell Moore, I think we'll do in a minute to uh, Jacob and uh, and his brothers, you're you're in a situation where they were not sneaking in. They were escaping a famine and it was known to Pharaoh when they came in, Joseph and his brothers. So um, neither is a parallel situation. These are false uh, you know, try, comparisons that he's trying to use and they don't work. For his life with his parents who lived in a foreign land with a, a foreign language. And as he was doing that, the Bible says, he was reliving the life of Israel. If you look at uh, the Bible over and over and over again, there's the message, you care for the sojourner, you care for the stranger. Sometimes people will come in and say, well, you, you, the strangers and, and sojourners in the land or people who were there legally. That's not the point. The okay, so this is the second false comparison that he's making. First one was Jesus. Uh, well, I guess third you could say Jesus, uh, Joseph, his brothers. And now he's going to um, the sojourner. And so I, I just want to make a, a quick comment about this. You cannot, it's presentism to take modern categories of illegal and, and legal as it pertains to the modern state and read those back into the Old Testament. It just wasn't the same situation, but um, but there are some parallels and some principles that we can draw on. And um, one of those, I, I'm going to read for you, this is from Numbers 15, it says, if an alien, which is, and, and look, I did t Hebrew for two semesters, I still botch words, all right, so sorry, ger, I think that's how I'm pronouncing that right, if an alien, a ger, sojourns with you, or one who may be among you throughout your generations, and he wishes to make an offering by fire as a soothing aroma to the Lord, just as you do, so sh he shall do. As for the assembly, there shall be one statute for you, and listen to this, one statute for you, Israel, and for the alien, the ger, who sojourns with you. A perpetual statute throughout your generations as you are, so shall the alien be before the Lord. And he goes on um, in verse 30. But the person who does anything defiantly, whether he is a native or an alien, the one is blaspheming the Lord, and the person shall be cut off from among his people. Deuteronomy 15. So this is how you're supposed to treat sojourners. You assimilate them. They are bound by the laws of your country. And you don't get the impression at all when you read, when, when you go through, do a, a study on the word gare. You don't get the impression that these are people sneaking in. It's not, it's not a parallel situation. Uh, you know, it, it, Israel is, it's, it's different. You know, they had walls around cities, not countries. It, it would have been kind of not feasible for them to do, to have a wall around the country. But they did have walls around cities. And so, you know, it, it's not entirely the same, but they did have borders. And, um, and, and the Lord gives direction for how to treat those. Now, there's another word in Hebrew, uh, nokri, probably mispronouncing that too, uh, but it, it ha it's a different concept. And it's more, some people say this is the illegal alien that's being talked about. It's the stranger. And, you know, uh, I can see why people think that. I don't like, again, reading those categories back into Scripture. But Russell Moore does not give us any of that. He doesn't distinguish between these two words. Uh, he, he just kind of flat out says, hey, the only thing you need to know is your responsibility to the gear, to the alien, when he sojourns with you, is you got to treat him nice. And he doesn't mention assimilation as part of this, which is interesting to me. So, uh, yeah, let's keep this going. The point is vulnerability. You care for the strangers and the sojourners because you were once slaves. And all of us in Christ, th these are our 
uh, our ancestors uh, too. And so Deuteronomy and Zechariah uh, talks about, and, and throughout uh, the Old Testament prophets and law, talk about our responsibility uh, to those who are vulnerable because they're in a strange land. Another distinguishment he's not making. Those commands, are they given to individuals, governments, church, as you know, obviously in the Old Testament, that would just be the people of God, it wouldn't be the church, but it, we're in the church age. So these uh, commandments, which maybe we could see some continuity in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, the Good Samaritan, I mean, are these given to individuals? Who, who are they given to? I think that's key. Russell Moore doesn't even bring this up. He doesn't even clarify things by saying, yeah, as the church, as individuals, you should you should do this. Um, and I, I will note, that does not mean you can't also be against illegal migration. You, it's perfectly consistent to be against illegal migration and also treating those who come here illegally with kindness on a personal level, uh, giving them food, uh, helping them, but encouraging them, you know, you need to obey the law. Uh, Russell Moore doesn't make these kind of distinguishments, which would help churches and Christians. Testament does the same thing. Jesus in the parable of the Good Samaritan, uh, talking about our responsibility to neighbor, including those neighbors that we don't uh, maybe want to recognize in and of ourselves. And uh, the same thing is true with the treatment of landowners in James chapter 5 and the responsibility toward widows and orphans. So that's something that Christians ought to have consensus on, even when we disagree on policy. And that means that the gospel means... Okay. Uh, yeah, Christians should have consensus. I, I think he's right. And I, I, you know, I've been cr critical of this, and I, I will continue to be. Um, but he says some true things. I really just got to be honest with you. Russell Moore says some true things here. The problem is it's mixed in with this other stuff. But, but this is a true statement. Yeah, you know what? The Good Samaritan. As Christians, we do need to be for charity. That's just true. But I think Russell Moore is making a false... Again, he's, he's muddying things up by saying that to be for charity and to help people on this individual level, it also means you have to show compassion on this bigger kind of governmental corporate level as well. And we're, I think we're going to see that in a second. That while we might have some disagreements, we're going to be united against nativism. Here and we go. That's it. That's it. Nativism. Usually used in conjunction with like Nazism, fascism, nationalism. Uh, you can even see, look at his body language. Uh, <laughs> he's got his fists clenched. Nativism. It's a horrible thing. It's bad. Uh, what is nativism? Like, now, I, I realize what MSNBC and CNN say nativism is, and honestly, that's the only time I ever hear it used is by people that are on the left side trying to hurl a bomb against people on the right side. We don't call ourselves nativists. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe there's like some guy out there who is. I've never heard it, but a nativist, like the etymology of just the word native, I mean, it doesn't sound bad really necessarily. Uh, same thing with nationalist. I mean, what, why, what's wrong with that? Um I, I don't I don't particularly like just because I'm a history guy, I don't like the term nationalist really because I think there are some associations, like big government associations with it that I just don't care for. But it's not the issue the left has with it. Sometimes I'll hear like Bruce Ashford at Southeastern will talk about the ethno nation state. The ethno nation state is so bad. It's this idolatry. And I think Russell Moore uses the same he'll say it's idolatry. And and the idolatry is, well, you're loving your people too much. Like, why is that wrong? And this is, this is where I get frustrated because, you know, nations uh, are being native to somewhere, being having a place, a people, a home. 
you know, not a space, a place. <laughs> um, this is a good thing, I would think. You know, look look at what the Bible even just says about nations and uh, Genesis uh, 11, the Tower of Babel. God is the one that disperses everyone into the, to these ethno-linguistic groups. I mean, they're based on language, but that people, different families go off, they form these nations. Abraham is the father of many nations. God creates a nation. Uh, Acts 17, Paul talks about every nation uh, being ordained by God, and they have their appointed boundaries, by the way, and habitation. Um, the Great Commission, we're supposed to be disciples of the nations, teaching the nations. Uh, so that the word ethnos, by the way, that's the word in Scripture. It's like a bad word now uh, in some circles, but no, it's, it comes from the Greek, and it's used throughout Scripture. Uh, Paul uses his Roman citizenship in Acts 22. So like, I, I don't understand this... Uh, critiquing nationalism uh, and and really patriotism, I think, at the bottom of this. I've, I've heard Tim Keller do this with Jonah uh, and saying that's idolatry. You shouldn't really love your people, not that much. And if you love your people so much, then you're just hating everyone else. It's like the two aren't mutually exclusive. But, uh, but you know, I, I obviously read a lot more into that statement than Russell Moore uh, just said. But you have to ask yourself the question, why is Russell Moore vilifying nativism? What's his motive? A kind of anti-immigrant sentiment that's really just the idolatry of the flesh, uh, which leads to a kind of a dehumanization and marginalization of people that does great damage, not only to vulnerable people, but also to the person. So who's dehumanizing people here? Who, what group? Just guess with me. Who is he talking about? And this is where this gets vague and frustrating because it, I automatically think he's is he talking about me. I'm against illegal migration. I love my country. Am I a problem? That's what I think. But but then he, if I were to confront him on it, he could easily say, "Well, no, no, no. I was talking about nativist." But it's this word that like we just don't really understand it. This anti-immigrant nativist thing. I don't get it. I, I don't know. This is, language is not clarifying or helpful, especially for someone who you know of Moore's position and his status and. Uh, you know, he's an academic. Shouldn't he be someone who clarifies, who's clear in what he says? We're not getting any of that. And that's part of the problem. And I don't know what his motive is. Is he just throwing out stuff for conservatives and liberals um, and not pleasing really either? Uh, it seems like this is low tilted towards the left. Who's holding that kind of sentiment? So the church ought to be the place that recognizes that, yes, we're part of a country and that country ought to have coherent borders and coherent uh, policies. We're also part of a church that is global, multinational. And so we have brothers and sisters in Christ who are in immigrant communities in some of the most vibrant churches uh, in the United States and around the world. Does anyone disagree with this? I don't think so. I don't know who he's talking to exactly. If he's trying to make a point to someone who might disagree with him or not realize these things, don't we all realize this and recognize this? Um, you know, if there's someone out there who really legitimately doesn't, and they honestly think that only Americans can truly worship God or or something like that, then, you know, thank you, Russell Moore. You just corrected them. I appreciate that. But who is in that category? I don't know of anyone. And there's the, the kind of uh, wakening out of complacency because in many cases, our immigrant brothers and sisters are teaching us what it means to be pilgrims, what it means to be strangers, what it means to, to walk forward in a sense of uh, maybe sometimes even a feeling of, of desperation. Okay, hold on a minute. 
<laughs> this is like the last line I think of the video. This is what he lands the plane on. Remember, he started the plane with this story about his friend who was made fun of and, oh, that's so horrible. He ends the story with, um, this is what the church ought to be doing. And I'll play it one more time here. It means to be strangers, what it means to, to walk forward in a sense of... Uh... The church should be learning, so Christians learning from illegal migrants. That's the context of this video. So, I mean, it's titled Immigration, but, you know, throughout the whole video, it seems like he's talking about illegal immigration and making statements about that. And now he could easily kind of retreat and say, no, I was talking about legal immigration there. And I was talking about illegal immigration here. But it seems like the, the context, every time he sets up a new topic in his discussion, it's, in, it's illegal immigration that he's referring to. And he lands the plane, and at, at best, he's vague here, by saying that Christians need to learn from immigrants. Illegal immigrants who break the law? Do Christians learn from this? I don't think so. And he's, he's saying, well, they learn from the, the desperation that they have. I guess, but I can learn desperation from someone who's, uh, you know, <laughs> a drug addict who really just wants to go because they, they don't have access to their drug of choice, but they're desperate for it. I mean, that, that's not necessarily a virtue. There's a desperation for things that are righteous which we can, which is good and consistent with Christianity, but you know, I, I, this is just—it's strange to me. Um, you know, his victim at the beginning is his friend who's made fun of, and you know, there there are real victims in this whole illegal migration situation. Um, I mean, a lot of the crime, the federal crimes, federal offenses in this country are at the border. There's drug trafficking. There's uh, sex trafficking um and, and whether you know there's different studies that say different things about the rate of uh like the murder rate uh, done by illegal immigrants whether it's lower than the general population or not but the, the fact is it happens um especially at the border and you know we don't, we're not talking about any of those things uh and, and the poor kids that get brought here and and their um and their parents uh put them into this situation where you know, political parties are trying to figure out what to do with them. And so, so there, there's just, you know, what about the countries they come from and, and the situation there? How do we, from afar, from another country that has different responsibilities, how can we engage countries in South America uh, with not just aid, but um, maybe missionaries and, and efforts to, to alleviate some of the issues that are there to get uh, so, sometimes, you know, a lot of the immigrants that come uh, up through the Southern border are young men. How do we, uh, promote young men staying in their country? How do we uh, how do we lead by example? I mean, these are the things that used to be talked about in Christianity. I mean, this was the missions effort. Uh, th that doesn't seem to be there as much. And, and of course, immigrants want to come to this country. It's got the free market. It's one of the best countries. Uh, okay, it is the best country, I will say, uh, in the world. And um, and so it's no surprise that anyone would want to come here. But this this video just leaves a lot to be desired. I don't know exactly what he's talking about. You know, did, did you learn anything? I, I, I don't think there was a lot profound uh, information in this. Uh, but this is the kind of thing that is being cranked out. And if you're in the Southern Baptist maybe Convention... Maybe sometimes even a feeling of, of desperation. Desperation, That yeah. needs to seek the Lord. Well, we can learn from that. Those are our brothers and sisters. Hey, everybody. Okay, yeah, there's brothers and sisters who are coming here who are immigrants. Yeah, true. I don't think anyone else uh, disagrees with that. Now, 
if you're in the Southern Baptist Convention, I don't know how this is funded and everything. I don't know if this is, is it the ERLC that's putting this out? Is Russell Moore doing this on his own? I mean, it looks like it could have been just a, a white background and a guy with a camera, but I, th- this is one of the things that concerns me sometimes is uh, I look at what the ERLC does and I'm like, okay, this is being funded by Southern Baptist Convention uh, money. Like, did, did, did we want this? Is this the message that we want communicated with uh, from the pews uh, in our offering? So, um, something to think about, uh, you know, is this a clear representation of what Christians believe about borders and immigration? I don't think I can say honestly, yes. So that's my take on this video of Russell Moore. Um, so there's, uh, I'm looking at the comments right now that you guys have left. I'm just skimming through them. Um, yeah. So, so one of the questions is, uh, John is from someone named John. If anyone doesn't provide for his relatives and especially for members of his household, he's denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. First Timothy five, eight. Does this mean protecting one's ethnic group? Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. Cause, cause I extended, I said, I said earlier in the video that at the tower of Babel, God had separated people into these family groups. Cause they were, they were families and they went out and they started nations. So nations, ethnos, the word used in the New Testament, they could be considered, you know, a big family of sorts. I mean, it started from the seed of a family. So, um, you know, I don't think that Paul is specifically in the context of 1 Timothy 5 talking about uh, your people uh, necessarily. But I, I think um, I think there's a principle that 1 Timothy 5 tells us that we should provide for those who are in close proximity to us and our greatest responsibility is our family. And that's how I look at that, that we have a greater responsibility because of the greater proximity and uh, loving our neighbor as ourself. Um, this extends out to, uh, you know, what's the reason that we're even uh, given money, extra money to, to help those who are in need. So in the church, this is kind of like the next layer of proximity that we're supposed to be helping out, giving charity to. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, the next layer would be, just thinking through this logically, would be those who are surrounding you in your town, county, state, country. It uh, doesn't mean you shouldn't be, I mean, my wife and I have a, a boy that we support through Compassion International. It doesn't mean that you're, supposed to, you're not supposed to do that. I mean, we see this example in the New Testament of um, money being given to other churches in need in other areas. So um, so uh, of course not, but I think the greater the proximity, the greater the responsibility, uh, for sure. And, uh, to, to love the, the people that God has ordained that you be born into is not a bad thing. And, and that's the thing that annoys me sometimes it's presented as this bad thing and, and it's really not at all. Uh, Paul wished that he was a curse for the sake of his people, the Jewish people, and, 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 you know, th- this is something that we're supposed to, I think, follow in this sentiment. I and mean, I don't have that necessarily. I'm not like Paul in that way. I, I haven't attained that level of love, but, but we're supposed to follow Paul as he followed Christ, right? So he's one of the examples uh, given to us. And, and so I don't see any problem with wanting to sacrifice yourself for the people who you were, uh, the, the community that you were born into and the people that, um, the country, the nation, I mean, there's nothing wrong. This isn't idolatry. This is just the natural affection that God has uh, given to, to really everyone. Now, racism is wrong, and, and racism, I know that's a touchy term. There's evolutionary uh, associations with it, but this idea that, um, that certain people, because of the 
pigmentation of their skin, their melanin count are inferior in some way. And, and you're superior. Yeah, there's pride there. There's a problem there. There's an ethnic pride. And, and, but that's not um, what we're talking about when we're talking about loving your own people. So I don't know. I hope that helps answer some of that. Um, am I planning to do more live streams? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, I'm not sure. I, I'll probably give more notice uh, when I do that. Uh, how are any South American countries supposed to get any better if people keep running from their problems? Yeah, that's, you know, it's funny. Uh, I'm going to... I'm going to link to this. I'm going to try to find it. If I can find it, I'll link to it in the info section uh, when this gets finally posted. But uh, there was an article that I read from someone. It was, I think, in Peru. It was in a South American uh, country as a missionary, and they were making that same exact point. This isn't a good thing that young men want to leave their country, so their their country is deprived of its main workforce to go to America to um, make more money and it, it just, it's not a good cycle. So um, if I can find that article, I'll put it in the info section and y'all can see it. But uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, it was fun uh, to go through it. And the sound worked this time, so praise God for that. And uh, yeah, I'll be announcing if I have another live stream soon. Uh, but since this seemed like it was successful and fun and I like interacting with uh, you all, um, maybe I'll do more of this. So God bless, have a good day. how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator book guided tours excursions and more in one place there are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from so you can find something for everyone and viator offers free cancellation and 24 7 customer support for worry-free travel download the viator app now and use code viator 10 for 10 percent off your first booking in the app find travel experiences for you do more with viator sick of being upsold at gyms my guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.